What up, Whisper Nation? It is now week five reaction. I can't believe it's happening so fast. We got Big Travi, Giant Game Time Hicks, and the woman behind the glass, Chelsea Lee Byers. We're talking week five reaction on episode 82 of the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, October 7th, and you're listening to episode 82 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at, on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com, where we've got articles, latest episodes, rankings, and new for 2019. We have our Patreon account. You can help support the show by joining as a patron of The Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whispers to find us today. Well, thank week you very five. much, Chelsea. Yes, week oh, five in the <laughs> in the books. And I don't know if you could already tell by Johnny's tone, Whisper Nation, but Johnny uh, is struggling a little bit, uh, facing what looks to be imminent death. Certain in defeat our, in our league of record. Johnny, do you want to do you want to have the mic for a second? I just I don't even know what to even do anymore because it's like it's not even like. <laughs> A lot of this time, Travis, we're, we're getting to the point where, yeah, we're telling people the right things and all this. And it's just like this crazy stuff that happens. Like, literally, Amari Cooper is going against Jair Alexander, who's been one of the best corners in the entire league. Oh, does it matter? It's like he can't even guard anybody anymore. He's over there on skates. He's all out there you look on like the ice lost rink. Him. Jeez. <laughs> struggling and then the defense you talked about it philadelphia eagles defense you guys you know couldn't mercy rule after what i don't know the seventh sack you guys record on a quarterback <laughs> or like the third fumble you get on him goodness gracious you're up yeah. 24 to 0 with two minutes left unreal <laughs> There it is, Whisper yeah. Nation. Johnny came in I'm hot. right there we with you, Whisper Nation. There is frustration, <laughs> if you can't tell. Frustration in the nation. Yeah. Let, brought to you by Johnny. Uh, Johnny, that's all right, though, man. Uh, like you said, we've uh, we've been giving the nation advice. We've been, we've been trying to help them out. Once again, it's not about us, uh, although we want it to be about us simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also always about the Whisper Nation, we, and we feel confident you continue to like and subscribe over on YouTube and get all the content we've got for you over there. You're going to be very satisfied with what we've got to offer each and every week. Um, Johnny, we've got, a, uh, we've got a comment. Speaking of the nation, helping the nation out, we've got a comment that we got off of YouTube that we wanted to kind of give some light to. So, Johnny, why don't you read that comment for us? Yeah, here? Travis, uh, this is pretty much the only thing that brightened up my day yesterday. So I want to <laughs> thank you to uh, Jared Robinson, uh, who posted on our YouTube, said, I've been following these dudes for almost a year now. I have nothing but good things to say. I bought the draft kit they created and was super pleased with the time, effort, and fantasy thought crammed into over 150 pages for just $10. Not only that, but I follow these guys on social media and reach out often for advice when I'm torn on a matchup to exploit. And these dudes are always quick to respond and give thoughtful advice. Y'all keep kicking ass. I'm going to keep listening. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to keep losing. So uh, I'm <laughs> glad that uh, we all have this figured out here. Well, we may lose or win, but Whisper Nation, we want you to always win. We're trying to get you that fantasy football hardware, and part of that is the Week 5 Reaction Show. Every week we're coming in with our reaction to all of the week's um, ups and downs and what to do, maybe looking forward with some of these guys. Quick analysis on that. But before we jump into that, we've got our news and notes for today. So, Chelsea, why don't you kick us off? with some news from around the NFL. For sure. And this segment comes to you by Fnatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Fnatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcasts, episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates all within the app. So head on over to the App Store on your Apple device today and download that. 
Um, yeah, big week. We saw some crazy things. Let's start first with what happened uh, in the Kansas City game. Patrick Mahomes came down limping, came up limping. He was limping after third <laughs> down after a third down completion. So he's got an ankle issue. Is that a lingering thing? Yeah, much like Johnny's fantasy football team, mm-hmm. Mahomes is limping through this season. <laughs> yeah. he's done, Slowly he breaking did, uh, down. That's an understatement <laughs> there. <laughs> I wish did. I could <laughs> nail it down to one ankle, man. <laughs> so uh, Mahomes had this injury happen in the first week, was able to kind of uh, get it taped up, uh, play through it. And then a couple weeks went by. Obviously, we had week five last night. He gets rolled up on early in the game, starts limping. Uh, and then in the second half, his lineman then steps on his ankle again. Oh. Uh, and so he was even more immobile, if you will, after that. This is something to monitor because a lot of what comes at least puts Mahomes to the next level as a fantasy quarterback is his ability to get outside the pocket extended when plays, plays break down. Yeah. And when they are extended, this creates the big play like that touchdown to Byron Pringle in the first half was a thing of oh, just man, that was just poetry. Glorious. I mean, he he rolled out two different ways out of the pocket to then roll to the right and throw a rope. Uh, and without that ankle, uh, there's no way that play happens. So just something to monitor closely. Let's see how his rehabilitation process ankles are a tricky thing, but he should be able to suit up for next week. And speaking of suiting up for next week, Tyreek Hill could be back right. on that offense. Yeah. So after seeing Patrick Mahomes with an ankle this week that really affected him and no touchdowns the week before, it'll be really interesting to see how the Kansas City Chiefs can bounce back from one of their first losses. of yeah, the season. A lot of the. Uh, you know, Johnny talked about this on the live show and, and teams changing the way they're playing Pat Mahomes and they're playing man to man. Tyreek Hill comes back. You're not going to get away with that a lot often as you, right. as you have been on some of these other wide receivers. So that could be just what the doctor ordered for Mahomes to get a guy like uh, Tyreek Hill back. Awesome. Wow. Well, Steelers are down another quarterback, it seems, and Mason Rudolph and honestly, one of the most brutal and humbling off the field experiences didn't their cart break down also <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so they're like hey, well we that's know what that your that's head what it was just got knocked off but we're gonna have to yeah. walk you over here yeah well literally like hodges wasn't the backup to mason rudolph he was the backup to the cart so then the cart, the cart, the cart went down they had to go to their their fifth string quarterback in, in hodges <laughs> i mean they're man. just like Taking Mason Rudolph, dragging him off. The I field. felt like they had a lot more help for the, for the cart. cart than they did. Like they <laughs> the cart was getting lifted up by the twelve man team. <laughs> yeah. I actually heard one of the doctors say, "How's the cart?" Yeah. When, the, when Mason Rudolph went down. So I just no. Uh, all jokes aside, that was a brutal. Oh looking my hit. gosh! I mean, when when you watch, fell asleep slow-mo? on the way down. Oh my god. <sighs> When, yeah, it was brutal. when you watch it in slow-mo and then you could totally see his eyes and the camera as soon as they hit his head hits the ground too. Oh yeah. That's really sad to see. Hopefully they're so saying Johnny Go ahead. Thoughts on the offense, uh, with if, if Mason Rudolph has to miss. Hodges actually moved this offense. Yeah, Hodges uh, to our surprise. Uh he moved the offense. Now, again, we talked about this on yesterday's live. Uh this Baltimore secondary is not the secondary you saw like week one. So I do want to see a little bit more, but it is encouraging knowing that hey, uh I mean Juju had a good day. Um you know we talked about him yesterday on the live stream as well. So it is nice to see that even if they go deeper into this quarterback, uh, you know, backups that they have that, you know, he, they're still competent enough to get the ball out. And I think that coach Mike Tomlin is a good enough to coach to game scheme around whatever quarterback he has. Uh, but they are good news is that Mason Rudolph is recovering back at home. He was released uh, from the hospital last night from those concussion symptoms. He still has a concussion, but uh, we'll see he'll enter this league's uh, concussion protocol, so be monitoring this for next week. And around the league with another concussion, Wayne Gallman exited the day pretty early, especially if you were starting him over a Saquon Barkley. That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, it was a, not a great matchup uh, either way, but you were you definitely wanted a player to be in the game. So uh, Wayne Gallman was very disappointing here with the concussion. Uh, maybe he recovers, but it's looking like uh, Saquon could have a shot for this Thursday night game. So if you had uh, Gallman and you didn't have Saquon, uh, you're counting. I mean, that 
the game last week was your your win there. But uh, if you if you have Saquon, you're stoked about the opportunity for him to suit up. And I know last week we talked about him beating the timetable, and I guess that's what this looks like. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Well, I think, you know, doing some of the research I've done, I just wonder if the injury was as serious as they let on from the beginning. If I mean, obviously, he's special, but like high ankles are a, are a thing. They're like, right. you're like uh, so I wonder if uh, if they misdiagnosed Pat Shermer was quoted saying like these weren't our doctors that said six to eight weeks. So <laughs> like are your doctors, America <laughs> doctors, were they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Saquon's got his own personal doctor and it's yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and also doctor, we had WebMD. Uh, we had uh, Sterling Shepard also go. There was a lot of concussions yesterday, including my team, too. So <laughs> you got concussed from looking at your roster. Yeah. Well, and the final injury report to note today is David Johnson battling a back injury. Yeah. So Chase Edmonds will make the waiver wire article due friend to some of, of this news. Yes. Yeah, friend, friend of the, of the show, show Chase, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Um, but David Johnson will definitely make that uh, or Chase Edmonds will make the waiver wire. And we've got to talk about this because backs are. They're a funky thing, man. They can flare up and they could, like he said, it locked up. I don't like that verbiage. Uh, and you you think about the way that they've used David Johnson this year, just like on a crazy amount of snaps. So uh, definitely well, you need to be monitoring this. And Chase Edmonds looked good yesterday in the game. And I can, I can tell you because I listened to a lot of AZ Sports Radio, they do really like Chase Edmonds. They think that he's a good, young, talented back. So... Uh, yeah, definitely look out for Big Travis article on the waivers. Well, and that's it for news and notes from around the league. From All right, obviously brought to you by Fanatics. So get on over to your Apple uh, app store there on any Apple device you have, whether your phone or your iPad. You're sitting at home. You want to you want to get some stats? Check out Fanatic. Um, week five. Obviously, it's time for our reaction to week five, and we usually start this off with kind of where we were right and wrong. So, Chelsea, why don't you walk us through this path of uh, joy and then pain? Sure. Uh, yeah, one of my favorites. We get to hold ourselves accountable to what we say. Exactly. Um, quarterback. We were right with Russell Wilson, which I love because I was playing him this week. Yeah, Russell Wilson balled out, had a lot of his career best in stats as far as completion percentage, uh, yardage, and things like that. And he was very emotional, said he was tributing that game to Paul Allen, the late owner, owner of the Seahawks. Uh, so that was a fun game to watch. It was a back and forth. Uh, and seems like those Rams Seahawks games are becoming that now in the uh, Sean McVay, uh, you know, Russell Wilson uh, era. It's it's kind of fun to watch. Definitely. Two running backs we were right about Marlon Mack and Aaron Jones. Yeah. So Marlon Mack, we talked about it yesterday on the live stream, as well as uh, the one behind the glass hit me up before uh, the games. And you know, I said, Marlon Mack, if he goes, you're you're starting him. Uh, if they want to be in this game, they're going to have to lean on the run game. And sure enough, that's what they end up doing. And Marlon Mack ended up having a, a, a good, solid day uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Love to see that. And Aaron Jones with the historic four-touchdown day. Aaron best. Jones, oh, man. Jones, like, I think he joins, like, four other guys in the history of the NFL that have gotten four touchdowns in a single game. Uh, it's incredible. We'll talk more about Aaron Jones in this show, but uh, just love seeing this as a guy that we have been trying as an industry to get freed uh, for you know the better part of two years, and we saw what he's capable of in a nutshell yesterday. For sure. Wide receiver, we got Will Fuller and Calvin Ridley. Will Fuller was an explosion waiting to happen, and talk about positive regression. It all came in one game. Yeah, uh, it was fantastic to watch, just to see Deshaun Watson. You know, because that was the other thing was Deshaun Watson was under fire in this offense. They didn't know. You know, people were trying to doubt if if Deshaun Watson was going to hit that next level again, and he did it with a resounding yes. He had a perfect passer rating yesterday, and a lot of that had to do with his connection with Will Fuller. And then Calvin Ridley, Johnny, this was a question we got a lot um, over the last weekend coming into Sunday. Do we start Calvin Ridley? Uh, and Johnny and I were very firm that Ridley was in a blow-up spot. It took him a while. It was not till yeah. late in the game, uh, but we loved seeing that. Awesome. And at tight end, Eric Ebron. 
Yeah, so we've been down on Eric Ebron pretty much a lot of this season, and he showed back up yesterday. We had him down. We had him ranked way deep on our tight end rankings, which if they're deep on a tight end ranking, that's never a good thing because even the top, uh, the middle class of the tight ends don't really score too much. And sure enough, Eric Ebron ended up with uh, about one fantasy point, a little over one fantasy point. So hopefully you kept him out of your lineup and you didn't have to play him uh, because it was not a good day for him. Right. And I know Johnny's not going to like this one, <laughs> but the Eagles defense. Yeah. yeah I well, blame, John, I blame Travis <laughs> for this one. He kind of like wished this into existence because he said I picked him that he picked him up on two leagues and uh, yeah and so yeah, I no, blame Travis. I I didn't think uh, you know I didn't think you know nearly forty points from a defense was going to be possible, but uh, I did think that the Jets were a, a choice matchup to target, and uh, the Eagles came through ten sacks. Uh, Johnny, that's rough. Oh, that's not the only thing they got. <laughs> that was about the. That's probably the best thing that they. They got there. <laughs> well, for our own sense of pride and sanity, I'm going to move through the wrongs really quickly. Mm. At quarterback, we were wrong about <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, this one hurts. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson in our league of record. Uh, big, big champion for Lamar Jackson. And he, and he was showing some signs in the last two weeks that he salvaged with good performances. Uh, but he, again, was missing some throws here that were kind of wide open. Um, and the Steelers have a talented defense they have not always played up to that talent but they are talented and i think that they definitely had a plan for lamar jackson and the ravens uh they were able to stop the run and keep mark ingram limited and that basically fed into the passing game in which lamar could not get going three interceptions um hopefully he hopefully he gets right but yeah definitely not not uh these teams really know each other they um in the last 20 they have had 21 games decided by three or fewer points in their rivalry so these teams know each other really really well uh, I'm not extremely worried about Lamar Jackson nice and at running back boy are we sorry if we told you to sit Josh Jacobs all right everything pointed <laughs> everything pointed to sitting Josh Jacobs in this game they were against Chicago they are in London Teams don't travel well over there. Well, apparently not. I guess the Bears' defense decided not to travel over because uh, Josh Jacobs <laughs> had himself a day going over 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns, Travis. Man, that one, this, one, this one does sting a little bit because everything was pointing towards do not play him. And it's just a, a, a story of what Josh Jacobs is in this league. He is a starting running back for a Gruden-led offense. The volume is going to equal production. And yesterday it was just on the surplus end of that. And so it's hard for you to bench a guy that's going to get this kind of volume each and every week. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen. You're wrong. Yeah, Keenan Allen just not looking good yesterday. Well, I, I well, should say the, the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Philip Rivers, the Chargers, the Broncos. Look, they were a desperate team. Whenever they come down to play the Chargers in LA, it looks like a Denver Bronco game. Listen, yeah. pretty much anybody sounds plays like the a Denver Bronco game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was I for the Lindsey touchdown. He went to salute in the end zone, and it was a sea of orange. I just couldn't believe it. So. Uh, yeah, Allen will have better days. Obviously, he will continue to get fed in this. Well, offense. here's my question for you, Travis. I do want to bring this up really quick. So Keenan Allen, now that Melvin Gordon is back, Austin Eckler, uh, we had already talked about before when Melvin Gordon played with Keenan Allen, he saw two fewer targets per game. And then they're, it's looking like they're using Eckler and Melvin Gordon on a lot of plays together. Uh, are you really are are should Whisper Nation be concerned about Keenan Allen's production uh, second half of the season? I'm not ready to have uh, after his one bad game just to sell the sell but, Allen just yet. I think that he's a, definitely a guy that um, Philip Rivers. Two, he's had back to back bad games. He had five for forty eight last week against the Dolphins, and then this week he follows up with another uh, stinker. And I think big Mike Williams status is going to always depend on this. It just, it shows me that the chargers offense is something that's still sort of in flux. Keep an eye on it. Nothing's yeah. certain or shaken out for clear there. It's a good point. Uh, 
at the tight end position. We were wrong oh. on this. I'm so glad I didn't scoop this guy up last week on the show like I was talking about. Listen. Tight ends, Tyler Eifert, Wolf. Oh, man, the 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 Cardinals released DJ Swearinger, and a lot of people were questioning that move because then they had to start two rookies at that position, and it looked it looked to paid off. Uh, and somewhat too, the Bengals didn't really target the tight end position all that much. I will say Tyler Eifert should have had a touchdown. However, uh, you know he's got Andy Dalton back there, and he can't really throw. Uh, he placed this off target. If he would have placed it on target, Eifert could have caught that. But still, a really bad day for the tight end position right there for Tyler Eifert. And wrapping up our rights and wrongs, we were wrong at the defensive position for the Saints. Saints D. Yeah, Saints D started off giving up the touchdown to Godwin, and then they clamped down for the better part of that mm-hmm. game, it looked like, uh, really getting to Jameis Winston, not allowing a lot of things there. And then they kind of gave up at the end there, another Godwin touchdown. And you saw this, uh, that was more of a garbage time touchdown, but still uh, Saints D was not a uh, option you were satisfied with Sunday. All right. So I think that wraps up our uh, right and wrong section. And it's time to jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode here at week five recap. Johnny, we're starting off with a guy that, basically is has been the most sure thing in fantasy football this year and that's Christian McCaffrey Johnny if you drafted Christian McCaffrey are you did you draft yourself a ticket to the championship listen it's getting hard to think that you didn't like yesterday he had okay first let's talk about how Cam Newton isn't even in this offense yet they're still scoring as if if not better than when Cam was in there He had 19 for 176 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He followed that up with six receptions with 61 yards and a touchdown as well. He hasn't scored. He has only scored less than 23 fantasy points one time. Less than 23 fantasy. That's like quarterback numbers right there, Travis. He gets Tampa Bay next week, which was the only team that did hold him to under 10 yards. Uh, he had he went 16 for 37 and two receptions for 16 yards uh, when they played him earlier this season. But I think this will be a revenge game for CMC. Listen, I I think that he, is, he has been exactly what we thought he was going to be and more. Uh, and he's not slowing down. I mean, good for this guy. He, he just find, yeah, he I, finds a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah, I think the difference for me that I see is he's actually doing it as a legit rusher this year. 5.6 yards per carry, leads the league in attempts with 105 and yards with 587. So it's not just the receptions that he's doing. And, and a lot of this has to do with the way that uh, Carolina has had to maneuver their offense based on Cam's injury and to play to Kyle Allen's uh, strengths, or if he has any, um, and that would be to rush the football first and then kind of play it into that. You did talk about Tampa Bay, which has kind of been a tough matchup for running backs, but then also San Francisco and Tennessee following. So all th- all three of those teams within the top half against fantasy running backs. We'll see if that 23 point uh you know threshold for cmc holds up but listen you're not going to bench him and i wouldn't uh i wouldn't even say you should temper expectations you should just be counting your blessings that you took him um above maybe a saquon uh moving on though to a guy that has not had a lot of confidence uh going into games but actually produced yesterday sony michelle johnny um finally gets positive game script to go his way uh, and Rex Burkett obviously being out, out helped. But uh, Sony Michelle, how confident are you going forward with Sony? I am still 1%, and that's just because I want to be generous <laughs> here. Uh, if I could, I would be trying to sell Sony so hard this week and get him off of your team. Maybe if those people who just you know look at the stats, you can argue, oh, they're getting it's getting turned around. Here's one thing that is kind of in- intriguing, Travis, when it comes to Sony. 16 for 91 and a touchdown on the ground, but he finally got some receiving work. He got three for 32. Now, I do agree with you in that I think the reason why he was able to do that was because Rex Burkhead was, in fact, ruled out. Uh, James White was in this game, uh, but 
if I could, you know, if I could sell Sony right now on this, you know, uptick in performance, I would certainly try to do so. How about you? Yeah, you probably need to sell them high here just because there are going to be other bodies in this backfield. Um, but I will say it's it's very intriguing that he's behind only Zeke and Christian McCaffrey in red zone touches with 17. <laughs> so this is part of what made Sony Michelle so intriguing and got him. Uh, he's such an upside play every week is because he's in that Patriot offense that lives in the red zone, getting the bulk of not only the Patriots red zone touches, but the league's red zone touches. Um, they get the Giants on Thursday, the Jets, the Browns, and then the Ravens is, are their next four games. Uh, out, out of that, the Browns are the toughest matchup, but they don't really scare you either here. Um, so I think you you could actually wait a couple games and see if Sony can capitalize on some higher va- uh, higher matchups or, or better matchups, and then you get some higher value by trading him away. Um, so I'd say hold him just for maybe one or two more weeks. Uh, the Giants are definitely on Thursday, Thursday night game. They're definitely going to want to run. Um, I think that is one you could look to turn him right around. One of the guys we mentioned being uh, correct on this week was Will Fuller. And, Johnny, you wanted to talk a little bit on today's show about Will Fuller going forward and what Whisper Nation should do and their where their trust level should be. Right. So we got a lot of people who, you know, had dropped Will Fuller, Big Travi and I. We were picking him up left and right in a lot of our leagues because people had dropped him. They didn't trust him. But, listen, Will Fuller, we have to remember, he – he tore his ACL not that long ago. He's he's coming right around the one-year mark. He did it last October. It's starting to get near that one-and-a-half uh, or one-year mark. I think that he's starting to feel it again. Look, yesterday he had 14 for 217 yards and three touchdowns. He did have a fumble, but I'm not saying that that's what you're going to get moving forward. But we have to remember, like, when this guy is explosive – this happens a lot more often than it doesn't where Will Fuller will catch these long bombs because he gets one-on-one coverage because they're bracketing uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. And Will Fuller is talented enough to beat that one-on-one coverage. Uh, I will also say Kenny Stills was out in this game, which definitely helped uh, help Will Fuller. So keep that monitored as well. And then you look at the next four matchups, Travis, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Oakland, uh, Oakland and Jacksonville. Not really scared to buy any of those matchups there. Uh, so I like Will Fuller uh, moving forward, you know, at least with Kenny Stills out for sure. And then we'll see once Kenny Stills comes back what kind of target market share he gets. Yeah, there's just so many good uh, metrics when you look at Will Fuller based on his relationship with Deshaun Watson. I mean, and then one of the stickiest metrics we have in the business for wide receivers is air yards. And right now, Will Fuller is sitting at fourth in air yards, um, and he's averaging just under eight targets per game. Then you look at the splits. I mean, in games with Watson and Fuller, Fuller averages 19% of the market share. He averages six targets, three catches, 64 yards, and .75 touchdowns. If you project that on a whole season, he's got 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns in a full season with Deshaun Watson. He averages 12.8 half-point PPR points per game with Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, if he's looking at this and sees the games he had earlier this year, and then this game with Will Fuller, and he sees his production of a perfect passer rating, as I mentioned above, how can he not want to continue to feed Will Fuller in this offense? Obviously, this was a really good matchup. Obviously, Johnny talked about the matchups coming up, but I just love Will Fuller and the connection he has with Deshaun Watson. It's evident that this is special, and they continue to make big plays week in and week out when they're on the same page. I I, I don't know how you couldn't trust Will Fuller with this kind of upside each and every week. A hundred percent. And even, you know, we talked about the draft kit this more or earlier in the show uh, on the review in the draft kit. We talked about this very thing. Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins have finished as number one wide receivers five times, both of them in, in the same game, five times in the last two years. And two of those five times, Will Fuller was actually the higher ranked wide receiver one in those instances. So, they can both exist together. Uh, Will Fuller can be better than DeAndre Hopkins on certain weeks. He certainly was here yesterday, Travis. Yeah, now going from two usable wide receivers to a team we thought had two usable wide receivers mm-hmm. Great in the Minnesota Vikings, um, the you know, best in the business, yeah. Johnny. 
No, just kidding. I mean, it's because you you set it up for me. That's so right. we we do, yeah. we work together. We're good partners. We just botched it, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Sorry about that, Whisper Nation. <laughs> uh, Adam Thielen and the Minnesota Vikings, and then really Stefan Diggs is the story here too. Johnny, what do you make of this Minnesota passing attack, and, and in in particular the wide receivers? Listen, Lizzo, <laughs> Lizzo should have changed her song to. Adam Thielen and the Minnesota Vikings because that's <laughs> that's essentially all this is. Every single maybe that, time, maybe that's who it was. New maybe, boyfriend. Hey, it could have been. Uh, we won't tell. I, I think he's that. married, actually. <laughs> or, yeah, I'll never well, know. He was. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, but Adam Thielen again, seven for one hundred and thirty and two touchdowns. Travis, it looks like whenever Kirk Cousins is dropping back. Listen, there was all this talk, all this you know. <laughs> Uh, chatter, whisper in the bushes that Stefan Diggs was going to get traded. He asked for a trade, all this stuff. And and then it came to the point where it was like, oh, well, squeaky wheel is going to get the grease, right? Well, no, it wasn't. It was the same old story. And, you know, it was Kirk Cousins go to Adam Thielen. And uh, listen, you got the next four games against Philadelphia, against Detroit, Washington, and Kansas City. None of those teams scare you whatsoever. Adam Thielen is a locked and loaded wide receiver for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Thielen's the only one I do want to trust. I think Diggs is the one you definitely are very panicked about. Um, you may want to hold on to Diggs just because he could get traded. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you may want to hold on because right now you'd undercut any value you could get for him. But he's only cleared four receptions and 50 targets one time. Uh, Cousins is averaging 25 attempts per game. If you took that out and you put it into last year, 25 attempts per game would have ranked 22nd in the NFL. I don't buy that the Vikings want to appease both Diggs and Thielen. I think it's very important for to them to run the football and then get Thielen involved because Thielen was actually the squeakier wheel in this instance because last week he came out and chirped up, didn't uh, miss practice, but definitely chirped up. And then Kirk Cousins came out and publicly apologized to Adam Thielen and then publicly apologized again by getting him fed in this game. So I think yeah, that he, that is the case here. He did that on another podcast, which wasn't our podcast. So it was, a, it was an issue. That's <laughs> why more people get didn't up. hear about it. Yeah, he's got to get over here. Uh, so that's that's definitely the, the situation here. Adam Thielen is the one there, the clear one. And I think the only guy you can trust in the passing attack, and that includes Kirk Cousins uh in any kind of streamable situation as well all right moving on to a guy that's earned the trust of his team and i hope his coach at this point and that's aaron jones johnny what a day for aaron jones four touchdowns in a single football game uh johnny talk to the nation about uh, about our guy aaron jones yeah, Aaron Jones is finally, it's looking like he's being freed up a little bit. Now, Jamal Williams wasn't in this game, but uh, Carson, not Chris Carson, another Carson, uh, came in and he, he had a good day too. Listen, if you're going to carve up this uh, Cowboys defense, it's going to be by running the ball. Uh, and Aaron Jones was more than capable and more than ready to do so. He looked great, uh, 19 for 107 and 4, as, as Travis talked to. He also added seven receptions for 75 yards. We talked about this where Aaron Rodgers, when uh, Devontae Adams went down, it was targeting his running backs and tight ends a lot more. And, uh, you know, you look at what Aaron Jones has done this season, only has scored less than 10 fantasy points once this year, and it was against Chicago Bears defense. So uh, I love Aaron Jones for the rest of the season. I think he's an RB1, uh, and I think he was an extreme value where you got him in drafts. Yeah, we were talking about red zone touches for Sony Michelle. Talk about a guy that's producing way better than Sony Michelle and only has one less red zone touch. That's Aaron Jones. 16 red zone touches through five games for Aaron Jones. He scored in he has scored in four straight games now, Johnny. And over his last four, if you take out that bad Chicago opening night for both teams, uh, he has just under five catches per game on his average and just under 40 yards receiving per game so adding to that total we knew he was a good runner we knew he was electric but now he is a staple in the passing game as well and uh as you know Devonte adams was injured but then the packers were able to lean on aaron jones um and they realized that aaron jones is the way that this offense opens up everything for everybody else 
If you stayed patient with Aaron Jones after the first couple of weeks, you're very excited about what you have in him now. Speaking of excitement, Chris Godwin has his fantasy owners excited because he has definitely continued to just stomp on our preseason projection for him <laughs> and continue to be one of the MVPs of this young fantasy football season. Johnny, Chris Godwin, has he taken over here in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? I, I think he has. I mean, he Mike Evans put up a, a zero burger. Yes, I understand. We talked about uh, he was matched up against Lattimore, Marcus Lattimore, who's a really good corner. Um, but Chris Godwin continues to produce seven for one hundred and twenty-five and two. He was against Eli Apple. He was a wide. He's wide receiver three on the season. He's only scored less than eleven fantasy points once. And, you know, he's seeing at least minimum five targets every single game, Travis. So has a really nice floor baked in there. Again, this is a Bruce Arians-led offense. So uh, you always, you know, like that they're going to be moving the ball. They're always going to be putting it in the air. And I think that Chris Godwin, if you drafted him or if you can possibly trade for him, I, I would. It's going to be expensive, but I think he's going to be pretty safe for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to trade for him without giving up too much of your team. But yeah, Johnny, that that window may have closed. Yeah. But what we're seeing now is Mike Evans uh, slowly losing his target market share to Chris Godwin after five weeks. We have Mike Evans at 26 percent and Chris Godwin at 25. So, he, you know, Godwin continues to be the guy that they trust. Listen, you're not going to get a deep shot every single time with Mike Evans. So Mike Evans may have just become a more boomer bust reliable or not as reliable wide receiver in this offense where Godwin is the guy soaking up all the targets underneath and doing the work in this offense. Um, you know, look, uh, James Winston used to love Adam Humphreys. Imagine having an Adam Humphreys on steroids and that's Chris Godwin. <laughs> Godwin is essentially a way better uh, Adam Humphreys. And so I think that what we're seeing is Winston taking more of what the defense gives him. And that get, that plays well into what Godwin can do each and every week. And he's scoring touchdowns. So you just add on top of that. Well, that wraps up uh, most of our storylines for today. Obviously, we like to end the show with some uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Chelsea, we obviously can't spend, you know, forever talking about all the performances and there were monster performances left and right yesterday. So why don't you walk us through some of the honorable mentions here? Sure. We've got Leonard Fournette that had a beastly Devonta Freeman and Chris Carson. And I'll pause there for commentary. Yeah. So Chris Carson continues to be the guy that the Seahawks trust and love Johnny and no matter what Penny does, if he comes in healthy or whatever, uh, Chris Carson continues to get fed and they don't really care what anybody else thinks. They're going to continue to pound. And how can you not? I mean, Chris Carson just looks great. Yeah, he looks like an absolute stud out there. So, yeah, all of the questioning on, you know, where where they were going to go is Rashad Penny going to take over this backfield. I think over the last two uh, weeks, we have seen that that is uh, not going to be the case, that they are going to go with Chris Carson. Yeah, and I, I want to talk a little bit about Leonard Fournette. We have him here. Uh, we got a lot of questions over the weekend about trading Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to say it uh, again. Do not trade Leonard Fournette away. Like this guy is getting more vol or just as much volume as a guy like Christian McCaffrey. The difference is he's you know not on a, as good of an offense. Although Minshew continues to be moving this team down the field, so do not trade Leonard Fournette away. Keep that volume. It's it's king in, in fantasy football. Especially at the running back position. Yes. Some more honorable mentions. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Boyd rebounded well. Uh, that was good to see. Amari Cooper, we already mentioned, but it's worth mentioning again. Just yeah, to Johnny. Get that head shake out of Johnny. Johnny, Amari Cooper. You weren't, you, you know anything about Amari Cooper this week? Uh, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan finally, uh, Finally doing something with this Atlanta offense. We'll see if it can continue or if it was just the matchup. And, and the, Well, listen, that defense is really bad, as we saw yesterday. So Matt Ryan is going to need to do more of this stuff if he's going to uh, keep Atlanta in any Yeah, game. he's about to crush some rush or some passing attempt records and yardage if yeah. he continues this pace. And well, it was get... interesting. Oh, go ahead, Chelsea. I was just going to say it was interesting because Matt Ryan's performance yesterday didn't really come in the hands of Jones either. 
Right, so just imagine right. what it's like if he gets actually involved in the offense. And yeah. then uh, they get Arizona Cardinals next week. So DJ yeah. Chark had a huge week this week. DJ Chark continues to be a set it and forget it option. Uh, I did not want to believe this two weeks ago. I didn't want to believe it this week because I wrote a, uh, him as a stay away in my <laughs> article. And I am, I, look, if it, in the famous words of Johnny, if it walks like a duck and, and acts like a duck, it must be a duck. And DJ Chark is uh, catching a bunch of ducks from <laughs> Minshew and scoring touchdowns with him. So. Yeah. Excellent. Speaking of ducks, I guess, uh, Michael Thomas <laughs> is um, also a duck. <laughs> nah. Michael, Michael Thomas, monster day. Teddy Bridgewater yeah. looking like Drew Brees back there. 11 for 182 and hey. two. Teddy saw the video of Drew Brees on Instagram throwing footballs, and he said, uh-oh, I got to get going here because yeah. he he was throwing dimes out there, and Michael Thomas was catching 11 of them for 182 and two touchdowns. That's insane. Dalvin Cook also had a monster performance. Um, he had a fumble, but didn't slow him down much. Yeah, 21 carries, continues to get the volume. The Vikings got exactly what they wanted to do uh, done. They got to feed Thielen, and they got to feed – Dalvin Cook, those are your two guys in this offense uh, going forward, and you don't need to think much about it. And how about that work in the re- in the receiving game? Six receptions for 86 yards. You got to love what Dalvin Cook's doing there. All right. Our letdowns. Oh, there are some bad ones. I don't know if we should maybe have a watch on Johnny for this one. Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about, Letdowns. Uh, a lot of my Whoa. players on here. <laughs> letdowns. Johnny's whole team. And- <laughs> there we go. And Mike Evans. Yeah, can we get an APB on Mike Evans? Right. Zero yards uh, and catches on three targets. Uh, if you drafted Mike Evans high in your drafts, you've got to be banging your head up against the wall at this point. No doubt. Green Bay Packers, wide receivers, all of them. Yeah, this was a game you really you really liked uh, Green Bay, but Green Bay did exactly what they were supposed to do. Like Johnny said, if you wanted to attack Dallas, it was definitely against the run. They have uh, they have a really good pass rush and a decent secondary, and the Packers just kind of avoided going after that. They didn't need to. They got up early in this game. They continued to run the football, and like we said, Aaron Jones with four touchdowns. So game script was a big part of this, um, I think, too. And I just don't – we have a different Packers team here. It is not the same – set it and forget it on Aaron Rodgers because he's slinging the ball around a bunch of times. It ha- They have a defense. They have a run game. You're going to have to pick your spots with Aaron Rodgers and these Packers wide receivers. Mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy, let down. Yeah, it looks like Damian Williams came back into a nice role for this offense. Obviously, the game script, uh, you know, uh, there were points in this game that were just weird where Kansas City felt like they should have been running and they weren't uh, with Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Sean McCoy had that fumble where, you know, actually he wasn't holding the ball out. Like right. He normally does. It was had like a sp- nice punch out. Yeah. So, look, I think LaShawn McCoy will have uh, opportunities. This was a perfect matchup for him. They were favored by 10 plus points here. Indy had been struggling against running backs. Uh, it was kind of inexplicable the way it was kind of. We've talked about this before. Andy Reid's propensity to forget the running back. Uh, once in a while, it looks like he kind of did that here and wanted to just continue to throw, and it just wasn't available for the Chiefs. Darren Waller, not much. Yeah, of a this, this was, a, this oh. was a, a sad thing here. Four for 39. We thought that he would definitely get more targets, especially with Tyrell Williams out, uh, but that was not the case. And what's a little bit more shocking, too, is that the Raiders actually won this game, Travis, yeah. and they did it without Tyrell Williams or Waller the baller uh, putting up major stats. A little interesting, but I do think this is a down week. I do think that this is a great opportunity to go out and try to buy Waller if you can. Yeah, we talked about it already, but the Bears' defense was a letdown. It's getting shredded. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. The revenge game for Khalil Mack was actually a revenge game for John Gruden. Yeah. <laughs> who was taking shots at the Bears Club Dub yeah, uh, with his afterwards. own dancing in the locker Wasn't room. Wasn't he dancing on the yeah. sidelines, too? Oh, uh, he just did. Love it. That guy's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. uh, Robert Woods. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the knock on Woods is he's not with you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and your fantasy football team. No. Uh, Look, the Rams uh, 
shout out to the ball blast podcast uh kate over there with a great tweet said who broke the los angeles rams uh <laughs> she said that last year and i commented from the fantasy whispers i said bill belichick and what we've seen is that belichick took the the rams to school on their offense and sean mcveigh has not turned around and counterpunched the nfl or bill belichick he's just failed to get this kind of offense going and a lot of it's the interior line so more to come there on 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 the but Woods doesn't seem to be the same consistent wide receiver he was last year. Now, I'm not surprised to see this name on our list, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does feel too early to call him a letdown. Uh, letdown in this week, for sure. I think that we're eventually going listen, uh, I saw it multiple times where Philip Rivers was not satisfied with Austin Eckler in pass blocking. Austin Eckler also had a goal line fumble out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. So we need to be conscious of how the Chargers are probably going to ease Melvin Gordon back into this thing. And we talked about how that you know what that means for another letdown here in Keenan Allen with four receptions and 18 yards I think better days are ahead for both of those guys in this offense and like Chelsea said this offense is still in a little bit of flux sure and last but not least Greg Olson yeah Greg Olson joining that club of Mike Evans with the zeros uh brutal everybody like there is no more devastating feeling than starting a player that gets zero points and played the whole game right And not like, it's not like they and, left with an injury. And the team, there is, and the team puts up 34. And the team puts up yeah. 34 points. Uh, yeah. There's one worse feeling. When you start a guy, he gets hurt on that first play, and he had negative yardage. Or oh, na- yeah. Yeah. That, that one it. is worse, but that's, that's it. it. And there's few. So. We'll put our definitive list of what was the worst scenario <laughs> yeah. shortly, because I think Johnny's probably encountered yeah yeah uh all right that wraps up uh letdowns and honorable mentions yeah and then our last segment of course every week is the keep trade cut segment uh so chelsea will give us a few names and we'll do a keep trade cut rapid fire deandre hopkins keep trade cut hey the window window is still open you should try to go get him yeah i would buy low as fast as possible on DeAndre Hopkins, still with 39 targets on the year. That's 29%. Even after Fuller's monster game, 29% of this team's market share for targets. Uh, go get Hopkins as soon as possible. David Montgomery, keep trade cut. We'll keep him Montgomery, too. I think the volume is there. He did get the goal line plunge there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in a day where the Bears were not very inspiring, he was the one bright spot. So I'm keeping yep. Montgomery. I'm, I'm with you Cal- on that one. What about Calvin Ridley? So this is interesting. Um, I would try to actually possibly trade him if I could, simply because they. It's looking like Mohamed Sanu is going to be the the wide receiver two over there. I mean, Ridley. It's going to be back and forth between Sanu and Ridley on a weekly basis. So if I can try to sell high on Ridley during his up week, I think I would try to do so. Package him and get a better wide receiver, a more consistent wide receiver. Nice. Austin Eckler. Yeah, I would try to trade Austin Eckler as well. I think that if you could get him maybe even over to the Melvin Gore uh, as some insurance here, you should try and get some value out of Eckler. I did not like what I saw. I alluded to that a little bit. Um, And I just think Eckler's numbers uh, will take a massive hit. Uh, He will have some flex flex value week to week, though. Speaking of massive hit, keep trade cut Mike Evans this week this one's really tough travis uh i think i'm going i mean you can't obviously trade him after a zero burger um but if i think on the next explosion hopefully it happens in the next couple weeks you know mike evans goes off and then i think i'm going to try to trade him we talked about it his market share continues to drop uh to chris godwin he's looking like he's going to be the deep threat which will be the boomer bus and i just don't think that Jameis winston is consistent enough uh, to produce two top wide receivers for this offense like we thought he could. Um, so yeah. I, I'm probably going to wait for that and then try to trade. Right on. What about Julio Jones? Well, I would say trade, but last year I traded him around this time, and then he <laughs> flipping popped off and scored eight <laughs> touchdowns for the rest of the season. So I don't really know. Uh, I would say I would say keep Julio Jones. He still dominates the target market share here. He only had, you know, he has a couple bad games, but I think that the Falcons are going to continue to throw, like Johnny said, because that defense is so bad. And you want the guy getting the most targets. That should even out mathematically. That's right. Josh Gordon, keep trade cut. So we 
I don't feel comfortable saying cut Josh Gordon, but I'm going to say bench Josh Gordon mm. because similar to what's going on with the Rams, I see a lot of the interior line issues of the of the of the Patriots lately, uh, which is kind of weird. They they don't typically have line issues, but there's sh- it's showing um, even against the Redskins, which is kind of weird. I think Josh Gordon and it it's showing in Josh Gordon's play because he's not able to get down the field on these deep routes as much as he, he normally is. And last but not least, Stefan Diggs. I think he wants to be traded, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I uh, would I, hold I, no, Diggs. I, oh, you're going to oh. hold? I Yeah, just for the trade yeah. upside, I think if he could get traded to the right team. For me, I would be I would be trading him and I would use the whole trade excuse as the upsell. I like that because listen, what we've seen in history is that most often when these wide receivers change teams mid-season, uh, as much hype and as much excitement that we do get for that player, it rarely works out where they're actually uh, better than they were off before and their old teams learning new systems, getting acclimated with the quarterbacks and things like that. Stats have showed that it usually takes until the second year before that wide receiver uh, or player can get true, unless they're a running back. Um, the wide receiver position takes a little bit longer to get integrated. So I would use it right now as a key to try to sell Stefan Diggs and get a better wide receiver. Yeah, I, well, I think that's that's a great take on that. Uh, well, that wraps up our show for us, guys. We did everything for the week five that we thought. If you guys want to hear about anything else that happened or if you guys want some of this waiver advice we've got, reach out to us. Hit the fantasywhispers.com. We'll have the waiver article coming out for you there. We've got all of our episodes posted right there on the site. As always, for Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. That's Chelsea Lee Byers, the woman behind the glass. Uh, oh, and Chelsea Lee Byers just had a birthday. So yeah. happy birthday, Chelsea. Happy I birthday. Wanna, yeah, so Whisper Nation, wish Chelsea a happy birthday, would you? And uh, other than that, we're signing off. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. George Kittle, I need a huge night from you tonight. Have fun tonight. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.